mountaintop Burning like a silver flame The summit of beauty and love Andrea is her name She's got us Yeah baby, she's got us I am Andrea I'm your fire with your desire Good morning, Groovers, and welcome back. I don't know why I always say good morning. I guess it's just like a habit of whatever it is for me in the moment feels right, but then I realize that people listen to these whenever, wherever they find it or choose to. And so let's just say greetings, no matter what time or timeline or phase of life you are in at the moment. I kept going back and forth yesterday about recording on the 333 portal and um, turns out I needed to do a full review of uh, my recent life and it was weird. It was like an emotional cleaning out of the filing cabinet just kind of assessing all these different experiences that I've had in the last few years and chunking it down into um, like processing whatever feelings were left over and um, shifting that out. Also having a closure process with what I talked about on timey-wimey stuff and that whole breakup situation which gave me a lot of clarity, and now here I am on Monday after the 333 portal and the first day of spring, and I feel new. I feel like a lot of stuff was cleared out of me, and I feel like I can let go of things that I was having trouble with. And since, uh, like, if you're going to pick one thing that I'm bad at, it would definitely be, like, if I had to choose between letting go or going towards something, like, grabbing onto something, I'm definitely uh, lacking in the let it go department. So that has always been a struggle for me in the past and it's getting easier as I grow as a person. But what I want to talk to you about today in this version of Muse Musings is, um, what do I want to talk about? I've had so many topics spinning around at the moment that it's kind of hard to know sometimes which one to land on. But I think I may say that every non-reading, non-guest interview episode now that I think about that. So I guess, let's see. Since we're talking about emotional release and blockages, I will <laughs> begin at the beginning that is also the end and talk about how um, a very talented counselor and healer, Jessica, and her onboard multidimensional light being alien um, partner in crime helped me heal 
from something that I didn't know is still stuck in me. <clears throat> There's a lot of discussion about clearing your chakras, releasing trauma, and, you know, cleaning out your energy fields, basically. I mean, if you think about your body and your light body, um, all the aspects of you that came from source energy as a house, uh, it has to be cleaned just like our house, right? And I found myself when all of the incidents with my mom and my kids and my soulmate at the time, um, all swirling around me and the emotions were just so intense and it was like, it felt like I just couldn't grasp the controls. Like I had no access to emotional regulation at all. And then at the same time, I had had uh, like a couple of fairly good size whacks to the head um, after having a more major concussion a couple of years ago. Uh, and funny enough, um, both of those whacks to the head were at the base of my spine, base of the skull. Um, top of the spine there and I'm being very careful about mentioning this because our spine and that particular point in our spine that's where the light comes in it's part of where it flows that's how our gifts are unlocked that's how our light activation uh, it's definitely an access point um, there's your crown chakra and then there's, you know, this other spot on your body. So that will be important here in a minute. I, in going through the process with my mom, I had pretty much reviewed every aspect of my difficult childhood in helping her retell her story because my story is also her story. And... There were several things that came up with that. None of them were new. Um, and when I got through that process, I really felt like, huh, I guess I have gone through all those processes and let those things go. And I, I did not feel any somatic retention in my body. It didn't feel like any of these traumas were stored in me anymore. But when I fell in that emotional tornado, um, it was obvious that there was still something working in there. There was still some kind of block, uh, even though I had, you know, all my shockers were open and everything. So, um, as I was moving through this process and trying to grieve things in December, I, I was like, all right, I think I need, like, I knew that I needed a particular kind of help that your run-of-the-mill um, Reiki chakra clearing intuitives just uh, some of the different healing modalities that I've had which were also in their own powerful and amazing I really felt like I needed multi-dimensional help because I had multi-dimensionally expanded 
and somehow managed to bring along some trash with me. And I mean, it's not really trash. That's probably not even the right word to use because that's demonizing a part of myself that was there doing its job and just didn't know that it was supposed to retire yet. Um, so I had, uh, been listening through the different communities I participate in and, um, following others' journeys and from podcasts that, uh, you know, I've been on and they've been on and all of that. I came across, um, Jessica Lynn and Oscar, her multidimensional, um, contact and together she facilitates that kind of deep healing and is able to, um, with that being's help, look at all of your aspects, not just your physical body, not just your light body, not just, uh, your origins, but sort of everything. <clears throat> Oscar, um, who likes to call me toots, one of the things that I've noticed as I've listened to other people who've had this Oscar Jessica healing experience um, is that he kind of pops in and out. Like once you've had that initial um, contact or session, it feels like uh, he continues to assist when needed and um, also pops in once in a while to go hey, uh, you might want to pay attention to this thing. And, oh, yeah, remember that thing I showed you when we were working together that time? Keep doing that, please, because it will help you. Uh, so I go to the session with Jessica and Oscar, which is, like most things, these pandemic life at the moment, which seems to be abating. But for now, things are done on Zoom. And even if... Um, we could have met in person. We're in, literally in different countries. So for those of us uh, on this more, I don't know, spiritual journey, whatever you want to call it, those of us who are more aligned with our path and aware, let's put it that way, I suppose, because everybody's journey is different. So I don't like to quantify it in ways that can seem hierarchical, but um most things are done over Zoom. So we connect, we talk, um, we're having the session, and um, as part of that process, we're feeling into limited beliefs, and what I had worked out with Jessica was that my, like the belief that was interfering here and making it difficult was that I'm not allowed to feel. I'm not allowed to feel. And so the conflict this was causing for me, it, it was kind of interesting because, you know, they talk about like the frogs and turning the heat up and they don't know they're boiling until it's too late. <clears throat> Felt a little bit like all of this um, emotional turmoil was that for me because it exposed the one last little bit of stuff that I, and I'm not saying I'm done. Don't get me wrong by saying last bit of stuff. But when I came into the session with Jessica and Oscar, uh, Oscar through Jessica was immediately saying, well, um, 
she's already got it. She's expanded. She's connected to everything. Her chakras are open. But there's just um, a little dust in the corners we need to sweep out. That was kind of how they put it. And that made sense to me. Like if I'd been cleaning the house and I um, swept a rug, uh, I might find that, oh, I left a little bit under this corner of the carpet over there. So that was kind of how we went into the session because they could tell and I knew that I really had done all of the consciously aware <clears throat> and unconscious work that I could do on this thing and there was just something that I was missing and that they couldn't immediately see either. So we started going through the process and it was strange how fast it felt versus how long it actually was because it was one of those moments where time felt suspended but uh so as we're we're working with this limiting belief and I'm focusing in on that we came to a place um on my body <laughs> that was sure enough the base of my uh, skull, that spot back there. Um, what better place to put a program that might help me to not feel? Because it would slightly uh, dampen my connection to source and it would um, just hide all of the bad stuff from me basically and this came about le tied to a very specific event in my childhood and um, I'll, tr I'll retell that event as briefly as possible just so that you have a context for what a powerful root experience this was. It happened when I was so young and it set me up in this position where um, my child self, I guess, and all of the parts of me decided I needed something to protect me and to get me through this life that I was going to be living for a while. Um, most of my pre-age 20 life, I would say, had a lot of trauma of all kinds of varieties, some involving my family, some not. And when I say involving my family, I say it that way because I don't really feel like anything was anybody's fault. I think these things were just meant to be, and I made the agreement to be a victim in these other villains' stories because they were trying to learn or grow or heal something. And I also feel that for a lot of us who came in in the first wave, the early waves of starseeds, we took on bodies that didn't have the capability of remembrance as easily, and these early severe traumas helped us remember and retain that source connection, even if they hid some things from us at the same time. 
So all that being said, uh, what Oscar found and what I saw and what we worked out together is that I had this swirling, it almost looked like paint. And it was this swirling black and red, which um, represented the feminine and the creative and um, everything, you know, root chakra, which will make sense in a second. Um, and so it was like this swirling paint and it was a program. It was a program that I put there, that my body put there, my mind put there, my soul put there to help me survive the experience and to help me survive growing up in this world at the time. I was so sensitive that it was going to crush me. And then I ultimately would have forgotten everything and had to have the big massive awakening uh, later in life and be very confused about myself and who I was. So at the time, this program made sense and its creation made sense. But when I went through and I addressed the traumas that had created the program, I didn't know the program was there. So it was still running and it was still activated whenever I was presented with intensely emotional experiences, a lot of grief and loss. So as I was doing all that grieving and losing, um, it got activated. And so I was, I was like fighting myself to have feelings and fighting myself to have permission to be sad, to be heartbroken, to be, um, be afraid, be disappointed, all those things that we're here to have as human experience. I had this program running that pretty much only allowed me to be happy or angry in the act of defending and protecting. And usually not myself. <laughs> Ironically, it was about defending and protecting others. Um, <clears throat> so that program was attached to this experience that I'm going to tell you about now. I did talk about this experience a little bit um, in a couple of episodes of my other podcast, Call Me Karen. It came up in the Remembering Mom series, and then I think I also briefly touched on it um, when I was talking about sexual trauma in reference to Crystalia getting exposed, which that snake has crawled back out from under his rock, in case you didn't know that. Um, at any rate, so as an early, early human, um, my mom had me very, very young. She was 14. Uh, as I understand it now, having gone through this process with her of the dementia diagnosis and listening to her life story, I think between her mental illness and her, um, her own traumas that to some degree she was always cognitively impaired and so she really did not have the capacity to 
protect me or understand what was going on. And this is funny because here I am already trying to excuse her and her responsibility for anything. <laughs> but um, it's just the truth. It's not me making excuses for her. She was a kid. I mean, I can't even get my 16-year-old to consistently uh, flush the toilet or um, put away the milk or whatever. So uh, to think that she would have somehow figured out or understood what was happening in the context of her life at that moment is just unreasonable. Um, so we had been living with... Um, her boyfriend at the time for almost two or three years by then he was a heroin addict he had been molesting me and he had been selling me uh, for heroin to other people they had used me in pornographic movies um, they had done mock or real rituals I have no way of knowing you know, obviously you don't get full total recall of these things. You have flashes. And I just remember lights and cameras and costumes. So I had already been through all that hell and torture. And not surprisingly, um, their relationship became worse and worse because he was a child trafficking heroin addict. And she was a dumb 16-year-old kid working at the tomato planet. So, uh, as their relationship became more and more abusive, um, it was ultimately the end of everything. And so, to give you a visual layout, we lived in a, a small one-bedroom apartment. Um, the corner where my crib was even though I was almost five, I was still in a crib because I was born with a birth defect. And so I couldn't walk very well and it was safer for me at night to be in the crib, which also meant that I couldn't get out and I was trapped. So I'm in the crib and then the opposite wall um, facing me would have been the kitchen on the right and the bedroom on the left. So one stormy night in Florida um, they were fighting he was trying to beat my mother she ran in the kitchen and got a butcher knife to defend herself um, he lunged at her and impaled himself on the knife and then continued to beat her unconscious and then he stumbled in the bedroom and fell on the waterbed and pierced the waterbed because he was such a skinny heroin addict uh, that it went through him. And so there was blood and darkness everywhere. <laughs> so remember what was in my swirling program. Everybody, red and black paint. I, in my 4.75 or 5-year-old body, I don't remember exactly how old I was at that exact moment, but I was almost 5, I think. And um, 
I didn't know if uh, my mother was dead, if he was dead. I didn't know if they were going to live. I didn't know what was happening. And I just started screaming. And I screamed and I screamed and I screamed until one of the neighbors who were probably used to hearing screaming by then and just thought I was a, I don't know, troubled child, bratty child. Uh, someone finally called the cops and they came and broke down the door. And so I was in there somewhere between a half an hour uh, to an hour screaming for help alone in the dark. And that was the first time I saved my mother's life. There would be more throughout my life. Um, so that was the origin of that program. And I had worked through all those horrible memories so many times in every possible way and thought that I had found all of the pieces of that. So in this healing session with Jessica and Oscar, we reintegrated this program back to where it belonged in my root chakra and in my energy and assimilated and reintegrated back into my system, basically, because that program was ready to retire and wasn't needed anymore. And once I went through that process, it was like, um, <laughs> everybody talks about a veil, but it was really like a veil being lifted because I, I was able to handle all of the feelings of my life appropriately, uh, freely without blockages. I was able to fully be in a state of flow and that has made a huge difference I really think that I could have stayed stuck for a long time in the grief and sadness about a lot of the things that have happened in my life over the last four months but I didn't have to because I was able to feel it I can feel my life and it's okay. I'm allowed to feel. I'm allowed to have feelings. And so are you. We live in a world that is oddly, simultaneously pushing us to dive deep into our innermost dark, deep secrets and deal with all our stuff and uh, therapy, therapy, therapy. While at the same time, giving us the message to suck it up, get over it, what are you crying about? Uh, you know, no use crying over spilt milk, can't, like this idea that we just um, push things away and ignore them, or somehow that there is power or strength in not feeling anything. And that's really not where the power and strength lies. The power and strength lies in facing all of your fears and clearing out all of your blockages and addressing all of the things in you which are not in alignment with your highest self and not in alignment with who you're meant to be. As long as I had this blockage working in me, I was 
more easily content to let someone else shine brighter than me if it meant I had to dim myself. And I'm no longer able or willing to do that. I... There is no bushel to hide my light under because it's too big. So is yours also. You may not feel that way all the time. Or you may not feel that way right now in this moment. But you are. And the only reason you don't know that is because you've either forgotten or you have your own programs or blockages. Um, or trauma that is stored in you that you need to let go of. There are many different ways to accomplish that. And if you want some resources to do it, you can DM me. I don't just mean through me. I mean, if you would like my assistance, there are things on my intuitive menu that could help you with this. But um, there's also things I can't help you with. But I know people who can. And I would refer you to them. I Therapy is important too. Traditional Western medicine, 3D earth counseling. It's important. But um, it may not be enough, I guess is what I'm saying. That might not be enough to do it because it wasn't enough for me. I had to go deeper than that and it had to be more than that. What more can I say about this beautiful, wonderful Jessica and Oscar experience? Um... Oscar seems to present himself to most people with quite a sense of humor. In my um, visitations or visions that I see of him, or I'll just hear him sometimes, um, he likes to say he does drive-bys. He thinks that's funny. But he calls me toots, and he kind of communicates with me in old-timey vaudevillian ways, is how I would describe it. Which is perfect, because, you know, that's kind of who I am in some respects. But he'll pop in now and then when there's something astronomically happening in the universe uh, that's going to affect us, or if... Um, I mostly, it kind of feels like mostly if I just need a kick in the pants, you know, like if I seem to be getting off course, uh, or I'm struggling with a thing, he'll come remind me that I've got it and I'm fine and it's okay. And I'm supposed to feel this life. I'm supposed to enjoy and fully embrace this human experience, even the difficult or painful parts of it sometimes, but that the pain really only has to be temporary. That's the thing that we, we get so confused about. We get stuck in pain or sadness or grief because we don't realize that the actual feeling, the actual brain chemistry mechanism, that process is very short. We keep it making us miserable by ruminating, by not letting go of it, by holding on to our feelings, by not releasing them. Um, and then once it's stuck, it's kind of hard sometimes to find it and get it out of there without a whole lot of work.
Um, I feel like healers like Jessica and others can help you um, fast forward that, speed up that process and be able to move on into your life with more assured footing. One of the interesting things about having this blockage removed and having full access to the range of human emotions and also the ability to release them and um, turn the dial down myself um, is that you also stay fully embodied. You can be multidimensionally expanded and connected to the all and still be avoiding being human. As a matter of fact, a lot of us on, who get on this spiritual path unintentionally use it as a way to bypass the human experience. Um, we convince ourselves that in order to be enlightened or to be connected to everything that uh, we have to stop being human. We have to be that we are somehow disembodied and just driving these little avatars around doing our bidding. And that's not the point either. You need to live your life. You need to be fully embodied internally as well as connected externally. So I hope this first little edition of Muse Musings um, helps you perhaps with your own blocks and blockages. I guess I need to put a trigger warning on this. Um, <clears throat> if you want to know more about the meaty details <laughs> of my early life and some of the stuff I've been through, Call Me Karen is probably where I'm just going to keep that. These experiences might come up and be referenced here on Grooving Goddess occasionally, but uh, that's just not what my focus is here. Um, in short, I've experienced a lot, and so there's nothing you can ever say to me that will shock me or surprise me, most likely. Hey Galactic Groovers, I'm going to attempt to succinctly tell you what I do and have this little spot on every episode so you can know what I'm all about. You can visit the square booking link on my Instagram page or my Facebook page at Grooming Goddess. You can email me at groominggoddess at gmail.com and to book any readings with me, you can visit that square booking site. As I said, some of the services I offer are an animal communication for 3333 and that is a 30-minute session where we connect with your pets and um, see what maybe they are trying to tell you that you can't quite understand then I have a grief mediumship another 30-minute reading and that is for anyone experiencing recent grief and having trouble moving through that my um, specialty seems to be in that area getting messages and contacting people's loved ones immediately after their passing. 
I have a mini reading special, which is four mini readings for 4444. I have a soul action plan reading, which is 5555, and that involves cards for your inner child, uh, earth self, ego self, your highest self, and your galactic team. And then lastly, I have syncretic oracle readings, which are 7777, as those cards are much more in-depth and pretty much cover every reading modality. And then lastly, if you would like to come on my podcast and get a reading live, I will read for you for free. You can book an interview at my Square booking site. If you would like to be on my podcast to discuss something groovy, you can also do that at the Square booking site. And if you would like me to be on your podcast, you can do that at the Square booking site. I look forward to hearing from you. I have a money-back guarantee for all my readings, and so far, nobody wants their money back, so I feel like I'm helping a lot of folks out there, and I would like to help you too. If you have any questions about any of these, give me a DM somewhere, anywhere, all the places. Much love to you all, and thank you for listening. So folks, there you have another fun Muse Musings experience. It's kind of funny because it would seem that uh, not feeling your feelings wouldn't be such a bad thing, right? But turns out they're just still in there. And so it's kind of like this bottle that eventually has to uncork, you know, and or pot that boils over, whatever analogy you want to use. But if you want to get a hold of Jessica and Oscar, uh, you can do that at Zen Lasagna on Instagram. I'll put that in the show notes. Best IG handle ever. I opened up a TikTok. <laughs> I only have one thing up there at this point, but I thought I better get on that before Grooving Goddess was gone. And so I will be working on playing with that. It's a really fun app. I can see why people get addicted to it and why they love the platform because it's very easy to create super groovy stuff. Um, although the things other people create, I'm like, yeah, that's, mm-hmm, nope, that's not happening in my day. Thank you. But I'm happy for you that you do it. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I guess on the next one of these, I will talk about the Xanadu Collective and uh, why ELO and Xanadu and a lot of um, media were mile markers, Easter eggs from the universe, clues, blues clues. That takes me back to when my kids were tiny. Uh, But I bet after I talk about that on the next episode and you think about it you probably have a lot of these things that were signposts for you there's another analogy how many can I pack in one outro oh and a little uh, wrap up on that twisted sad story I blurted at you violently um 
Unfortunately, he did survive that experience, but he did die of an overdose after. So there's your justice, I guess. Uh, I'm just, it always gave me comfort knowing that he wasn't hurting anybody else anymore. But at any rate, uh, he's not hurting anyone and I'm healed. And if you aren't feeling healed right now, you will and you can, and I believe in you. This human experience is wild, and even though sometimes it may feel like there's just too much coming at you, also think about the fact that you signed up for it, man. And this isn't to say it's your fault, it's to say you must be really great at this thing called human life. You must be really great at this earth game that you signed up for a bunch of experiences and wanted to. You're like, you're taking like the AP uh, college level extra credit courses in your time in earth school. So give yourself some credit and have some faith in yourself that whatever is presented, you will get through it. Sometimes that can be the hardest thing to remember in the moment of whatever's happening. If it's difficult or temporarily painful. Is that surrendering is okay because that's what takes the pain of it away. Is that acceptance and that you've got this. Just remind yourself any time something comes up how much you have survived how much you have come through how many tools and skills and situations you've mastered knowledge you've acquired it's tremendous So it's very easy sometimes in difficult moments to feel like we're not going to make it. It's too much. It's too much to bear. It's too much uh, to feel, too much to navigate. Try to take a break and pause from thinking about that for a minute and remind yourself of all the things you have overcome or accomplished. Now I understand depending on how you're feeling, especially if you're feeling maybe, I don't know, stuck or depressed or uh, beating yourself up about anything. Being alive right now is an accomplishment. Waking up today was an accomplishment. Nourishing yourself is an accomplishment. Learning to walk and talk and read and write and work for a living. All of those things are accomplishments. 
I think the only time we legitimately start beating ourselves up is when we play that human game of comparison. When you start comparing yourself to others, there will always be someone who you seem, who seems to you like they have it better than you, even though you know nothing about the entirety of their lives. They could be a bazillionaire and be the most miserable person. And you might look at others who you think have it worse than you, but they might be the happiest people on earth. So... This comparison game is just dumb and a waste of time and will bring you nothing but um, misery. So don't compare yourself to anyone. You are your own world and your own universe. See the world the way you want to be it. Doesn't make sense to you now, but it will. Much love, Groovers and the Xanadu Collective. I really like that Xanadu Collective. I feel so bad, I got a worried mind. I'm so lonesome. I left my baby behind on Blue Bayou. Saving nickels, saving dimes, working till the sun don't shine. Looking forward to happier times on Blue Bayou. Fishing boats with the sails afloat.
Christian boat with a sail.